pat, 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 pat. That's a big, that's a nice friendly pat on the back for you to come in. Hurry up. It's cold outside. Get on up in here. <laughs> Get on up in here and put your headphones on and sit down on your favorite cushion and take a bite out of your favorite sandwich. Grab your uh, drink of your favorite soup, a nice soupy beverage, grab a broth, sit on a cushion, pull up next to the fire, okay? And here we go. Proceed. <laughs> oh, man. Right out of the gate. Hey, it's been a couple of weeks. Give me a second to settle in, all right? It's been a, it's been a while since I have done a podcast. It's been a while since I have done this. I tried doing an episode last week. I got maybe 20 minutes in before I realized that it sucked. And I just, and I deleted it off the face of the planet in my anger. I've just been so, listen guys, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired right now. I'm so sleepy. I wake up in the morn and I'm sleepy. And at this point, I'm getting in a nap every day. And I don't know if that's healthy. I mean, I feel like it probably is. I'm on the paleo circadian rhythm. I'm on a paleo sleep diet. Where, I don't know, is that paleo? Whichever one is like the uh, cave people, cavemen and women, um, grabbing a nap in the middle of the day. That sounds paleo. I'm on a paleo sleep diet. Where uh, I wake up in the morning and hate my existence. And I'm so tired. See, look at me go. Oh, But you guys don't want to hear me talk about being tired. The worst is when you settle in for a nap. You just can't think. You can't focus. And then you're like, a nap. A nap is going to set me straight, you say to yourself. And you point your finger way up in the air. Like a matter of fact, you know, like Bill Nye, the science guy. You put your finger in the air like it's a fact. <laughs> well, if my calcu calculations are correct, if I uh, if I get one, uh, if if my calculations are correct, the beta waves in my in my neuropathic way, oh fucking shit ass. I was trying to do, man. I was nailing that impression last night, and sometimes. Your brain just can't think of intelligent words fast enough. If I were a smarter bean, I would be better at that impression. Well, if my approximations are correct, but if I get some shot eye for about a twenty minute span, I may not even achieve REM sleep, but I may uh I may absorb enough beta waves to launch myself into uh, uh, a a series of Productive events when I wake up, it's going to be very helpful, and uh, I'll be able to assist my colleagues in their endeavors if I could just get one REM cycle sleep. I'm just, <laughs> oh man, I got to work on that. It's hard to improvise very quickly the most intelligent words that you can about nothing. You know, guys, I'm really trying, and my brain feels like. My brain feels like, if my calculations are correct, it feels like a vector force of over 24 kilograms has uh, gravitationally been pressurized. The BPSI, the, P the PSI pressurization of my neural pathways is uh, 
my calculations are correct. <laughs> I'm gonna kick my feet up. Here we go. Uh-oh, we're in second gear now. I kicked my feet up. Oh boy, I'm on week five or six of this writing job that I've been doing for television. And, um, I don't know how I'm doing. I don't, I'm, I'm very occasionally a single one of my jokes will make it in, which at least means progress. But I got to say, it's been, uh, quite an adjustment. It's been quite an adjustment writing for something that isn't stand up in my own voice. That isn't anecdotal. And I realize I am writing a lot of trans-related material just because it is obviously the strongest um, factor, the strongest focus. It is a very strong focus in my life. And so naturally, naturally um, it's just the material tends to really write a lot of itself because there's it's emotionally charged. There's a lot of pain and triumph in it. And so... And so, all this to say, it's very difficult for me to go from this muscle that's jacked, frankly, that's been getting me all this work, this trans stand-up muscle, um, and then moving over to writing political satire, and, you know, and I don't often joke about politics at all, so... So it's a real challenge to um to move into that man to go from telling a story about getting my bra sized and how silly that experience was to up and President Trudeau has been seen in a hotel room singing Bohemian Rhapsody during his visit to London to mourn the Queen. Well. That's his career in a nutshell. Little high, little low. Anywhere the wind blows, that's the politician's way. <laughs> you know? I'm not, I mean, I'm not mocking political satire, but it's just, see how bad that was? That's me trying to, to make a funny, you know? So what? He went over there and sang. People getting mad about shit. People getting mad. That's the thing. I mean, I... Working for this job has made me be much uh, more informed, much more on top of the news, both national and international, and and global, and global, and um, it's. But at the same time, I'm just you know, it's also in man. It's it's. I don't know how people live in the news cycle for very long because it can be very difficult to find I mean it's my job to find humor and positivity in it all but you have to sift through a lot of troubling stuff and the discourse and of course the discourse around it all people getting mad at each other everybody's mad and then you read all this stuff about inflation and how there's a a looming global recession bound to hit us all in 2023 like oh Good, we had it far too easy for too long. I've been saying we're we've been suckling on the teat of privilege for years now. The other shoe was bound to drop. 
Things have been going much too smoothly for everyone. Well, there you go. There's a little bit of kind of political satire. I don't know. Every sketch that I thought was funny that I tried to write did not work out. I wrote a sketch about... Um, it was a commercial parody for Tesla. For their self-driving scooters. And basically the gag was that it wasn't... It's still in the testing phases, this self-driving scooter. And so in the commercial, it starts off very sophisticated. And like, and as a Tesla commercial does, you know, the gravitas, the, the sophistication, the prestige of it all. And then it shows kind of a woman chasing a stroller around a shopping mall because the stroller is self-driving and it just went out of control. Something about, I don't know, something in, the, in my head about watching a stroller go careening down a flight of stairs in a public shopping mall. I feel like that just made me... That was funny enough a concept to me that I wrote a sketch about it. But also, this, listen, this, these are all the things you have to take into consideration when you write sketch for TV or anything. You got to take your limitations into account so your imagination can run amok, but then you have to de-amokify it, you know? So here I was pitching this idea of a self-driving stroller, never once stopping to think, oh yeah, how are they going to fucking physically engineer this thing in this commercial? You know, silly writer me just uh, in my own fantasy land being like, eh, they'll figure it out. Yeah, props will figure it out. And look, this is, it's, it's, uh, this hour has 22 minutes. That's the show that I'm working on. It's a Canadian show. So if you're uh, a yank, if you're a yank listening to this, you probably won't be able to see it anywhere. I don't know. I don't think it broadcasts anywhere. It's a, CBC is a Canadian government subsidized channel. Not to take anything away from it. That's just how we do things up here, up north. And uh, and so I just had to, it was a reality check that, you know, we are, we have a budget to maintain. We have a budget to stick within, and so highfalutin, highbrow ideas such as self-driving strollers, probably not particularly feasible for a show like this, you know? They want sketches where people are in offices yelling at each other about the loony. Ah, oh, the loony's too small. <laughs> there we go, that's a sketch. I don't know, you guys. I'm not political. I mean, kind of, we all are. I am political, but not really, though. I just want to sit. I just want to sit around, fart around. I just want to, I just want to take me naps. At 10 o'clock, I have me fish. And at 12 o'clock, I have me fish and a rice cake. And at 2 o'clock, I have me fish. And at four o'clock, I have a rice cake. And at five o'clock, I have fish and a rice cake. <laughs> Sorry, that makes me laugh so hard. I love doing that bit. I can't help it. Oh, surely you guys are, are like me. Unless this is a comedian's thing. Let me ask if you guys are like me where something... 
it's not i don't want to call it an ocd thing but there's a joke that you fixate on so hard sometimes something that makes you laugh that you just love doing it over and over and over again long after the laughter has has subsided like exhausting doing a bit well past the point of exhaustion i'm not talking first wave of exhaustion where everybody goes uh, no no i'm not talking second wave where everything gets quiet i'm not talking third wave where people start laughing again because you've been doing it so long you know that's a trick that's what family guy does all the time by the way hot little comedy tip if you get if you do a bit and you're getting a laugh uh you can always just get a delayed laugh by doing it until there's silence and then there's always a second wave i'll call it the second wave i know i called it the third but it really is the second wave of laughter so there you go there's my comedy class that one's free that one's free for you um but if it doesn't get a laugh to begin with then don't keep doing it because the wave is never gonna come or it might <laughs> i don't know see right away in my head i was like hang on a second there have been exceptions i've i've really i've no, but you can't, I mean, if it doesn't get the initial laugh and you do get a delayed one just because you've committed so hard, then that's where you stop because, um, that is the audience admitting that you are uh, kind of annoying them now, <laughs> you know, but if you get the first laugh, you can always get a second and possibly a third, but you have to very you have to do a variation on the bit you know what i mean it still needs to stay fresh you can't just rely on the joke being that you've been doing it so long because family guy does that sometimes and that's why it doesn't work sometimes okay and that's ambiguous comedy lessons with al val there you go i hope you learned something i didn't um shit where was i where did i start on this oh yeah writing for this show so so I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what my place is in this show. I'm trying. I fight a lot of fatigue to write. I sit there at my computer. My butt is sore. Let me tell you this. My butt is sore. My butt is flat. And my glutes are sore. See, it is on flame now. With rock, my butt is sore. I used to fucking crush that song on Guitar Hero. Um. Okay, let's focus back up. Anyways, I don't and I don't know what my place is in the show. All that to say, I don't know if they're gonna hire me back. My contract ends in like two weeks. Plus, I can foresee I am I'm letting them know, but um, a lot of my time is going to be dedicated to um, a lot of my time is going to be dedicated to just for laughs next week. And so, oh boy, talk about fatigue. I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to be working two full time jobs next week. So pray for me, pray for me. And don't you dare expect and assume that another podcast is coming next week because your girl is fucking busy and I'm trying, but I'm doing all this on my own. You know me. I've complained about this before. 
where am I, you know, where am I supposed to find love amidst all of this uh, running around, getting paid peanuts to run around and make people laugh? I need help. I need a love. I have Woody Harrelson here. So let me tell you a quick little story. And I won't go into the details. Not the explicit ones anyways. But I was hooking up with someone. Cute. Uh, I will wait for your applause and your silent cheers. Um, this was a while ago. This was like a month and a bit ago probably. A while now. But long enough that I've still been dwelling on it. Um, I was hooking up with a guy and he couldn't perform. I will say that. And then he, uh, and I was cool about it. I'll never, I'll never guilt anybody. You know, if anything, I'll take it personally on me. I'll be like, ah, oh, man, I'm, I'm a fugly ugly over here. Just not getting it done for, for this poor partner of mine. I always end up taking that personally. You know, I hold myself accountable as in my career, as in the bedroom, as in life, as in all my relationships. I'm usually very quick to uh, turn the gaze inward and be like, what? Okay, what did I do? What did I, what, what can I improve on here? So, you know, if someone can't perform, then I give them that grace and sympathy and empathy. And so, and we were chilling and I was fine with just chilling because, you know, you know me, I've spoken about my deep, intimate loneliness, my nihilism. And we're kind of cuddling. And I made some kind of a joke, a quip, in which I said, um, something, something, true love. And he kind of snickered in an odd way and was like, you know what that reminded me of? Oh, no, wait, never mind. I really shouldn't say and then and then he backed out and i mean this is where i guess i kind of blame myself but i was like no say it say it who cares i don't know i don't care i'm i'm good it's fine and then he was like the way you said that it's just the image of woody harrelson from anger management popped into my head now if you don't know that reference woody harrelson plays a trans woman a trans prostitute who's a trans sex worker who gets hired by Jack Nicholson to climb into the back of Jack Nicholson's car with Adam Sandler and attempt to seduce Adam Sandler. And what plays out is your classic, your classic dude in a dress, fucking old school. It's just exactly the scene that you would have expected it to be. They dressed Woody Harrelson to look all trashy and and he played it up super grotesque this gross unfuckable mess and you know adam sandler and jack nicholson are the joke is that she is horrendous and freakish and adam sandler the whole time's like ew i can see your balls or whatever it's all of that shit and woody harrelson's like what do you like baby my sack smells like whiskey or i don't know what the fuck you can, I'm sure you can fill in the blanks in your head. It's, it's an easy sketch that anybody can fucking write. And so, you know, in that vulnerable state, listen, when you're about to, when you're vulnerable in the bedroom and you are literally naked before another person and they draw 
and you're and you're maybe a little bit prone uh, you're a little bit sensitive to criticism because um they could not perform and you take that a little bit personally and you're like oh man what did i do and then they say something and then they draw similarities from you to Woody Harrelson and anger management, uh, a disgusting trope that is used to ridicule people of your kind, I was pretty uh, destroyed. I was pretty devastated. And the mood significantly changed, and he regretted it. And I mean, I don't... I don't know. I forgive him. I forgave him right away, but it still... I mean, it hurt like hell. You know, it kind of spoiled the mood for the rest of the night and it didn't. And he was like, all right, I, I guess I should go. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess you should. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we're still good and it's all good. And we, we still talk and he knows what he done wrong. But this is the thing. I don't know how much I can blame him. I mean... Call me, I don't know, this is, am I being too kind and too generous by saying he couldn't help that the thought popped into his head? I mean, you can't stop your your brain from, re from reacting to certain things, right? So, I can't, I can't get mad at him for having the initial thought. Maybe I can get mad at him for saying it out loud. But again, I asked him to say it so that's also i i share some responsibility there next time i surely will have the foresight um and resolve to squash my curiosity because oh man when people say oh i was gonna say something but now i won't i shouldn't how do you not how do you resist begging them to say it you know what i mean I guess the initial shitty thing is when people say, oh, I thought of something and I shouldn't say it. That is, okay, so I can blame him for that. When you think something you shouldn't say, you should just not even say that you shouldn't say the thing that you just thought you shouldn't say, you know? Don't say out loud that you shouldn't say the thing you just thought you wanted to say but couldn't. Okay? So don't, that's a double shouldn't. Don't, you shouldn't say the thing you sh say you shouldn't <laughs> don't even don't even don't even start at the don't even mention it just let it's a meditative practice in one ear out the other okay so i can blame him for that but uh you know in my mind i i take it as a as a criticism, as a constructive-ish criticism. There's something I need to do to be less of a damaging caricature to people who are like me. Oh boy, I really hope I'm not... When people have sex with me, they're not like, fuck yeah, I always wanted to have sex with Woody Harrelson from Anger Management. <laughs> this is the closest I'll ever get to fucking a star. Sick. I get to have sex with Woody Harrelson. You know what I mean? What was he in? Cheers? They're just asking me to do foreplay. They're like, say some lines from Cheers, babe. I'm like, what? 
lines from Cheers. Don't you know any lines from Cheers? Just say something from Cheers. Sing the theme song just so I can make the connection in my head between you and Woody Harrelson, whatever fucking character he played in that show. Anyways, I'm trying not to um, let that get to me, but, you know, that is one of the things I surely will never forget. And all is forgiven with the guy. And I don't want you guys calling him an asshole or anything. I remember I told that I've told that story to a couple of people. And they're like, what a fucking asshole. And it's like, I don't think I don't know. I don't know if he's an asshole. I think he just. Put his foot in his mouth, you know, it happens to the best of us. But it still hurt. He kind of he put one foot in his mouth and he stomped on my receding hairline Woody Harrelson face. With the other foot. But we're recovering. I don't know. I may not ever have sex with anyone again now. So. Or or whatever. Maybe I need to change my strategy. Maybe I need to delete my uh, dating apps. And then go on to like. Woody Harrelson Reddit boards. And be like. Hey does anybody want to have sex with a Woody Harrelson lookalike? A gender bendy. God that's got to be such a specific niche. But I guarantee you there are people out there with that fetish they're like oh i just i just i've been jerking off to woody harrelson and anger management for so long i just it's starting to get boring 21 years of this starting to get a little stale you know what i mean all right that's enough self-deprecating stuff very self-deprecating i'm gonna move away from that a friend of mine um said something interesting to me that that see that totally reminds me a friend of mine said uh they were like your stand-up is great and i love it but at a certain point you do start to feel a bit sympathetic for for you al val and he was like what i pray for you someday is to get a drag queen's confidence and and i and that made me stop and think because i think he's right I think drag queens have this certain confidence that's uh, sometimes very annoying, sure, but um, but it's because it's so it's so unshakable, it's bulletproof, and it's loud and it's proud, and um, so that's what he he prayed for me. He was like, "If you and I've heard this from people before who say something to the extent of, boy, when as soon as you start believing in yourself, Alval, you will you will be un." fucking stoppable and you know uh i wish i could just take their advice and implement it but like it's easier it's easier said than done dude like i remember <laughs> if somebody's like you know what your problem is you should be more confident what do you do are you like oh thanks i'll just be more confident now thank you for the helpful advice i'll just start being more confident that's not how it works it's a tragedy. It's a fucking, it's, it's an ironic tragedy when someone says be more confident. Like what else? What are other, other examples? I don't know if this applies, but if somebody's, you know, somebody's like, you should, uh, you should run faster. And you're like, oh, okay, thanks. Like I'm running to the best of my abilities. I, I, I'm not just going to do better because you told me to. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. Confidence is one of those things. I guess it's a fake it till you make it kind of thing. And maybe I just got to fake a lot more confidence. But there's if there's one thing I don't respect and like, I got to be honest, when I see a performer on stage with too much confidence, where it begins, where it bleeds into delusion. And I think that's what I am doing my best to undercompensate for, if that makes sense. Um, maybe overcompensating in the other direction by being so self-deprecating that I I stay as far away from the illusion of being the illusion of delusion. I stay as far away from being seen as this delusional full of yourself because it's easier to sympathize and relate to an underdog, to somebody who is uh, trampled underfoot, who's who's scrapping to climb up as opposed to somebody who believes that they are the shit. It's, you know, in comedy, in comedy spheres, let me tell you, there are some comics who can pull it off. I mean, it, it becomes a character piece. You're typically when people make it work, when somebody goes on stage with too much confidence, they're playing a character and the audience kind of understands that there's a subtext to it all. And um, <clears throat> they're allowed to kind of laugh at this person because they're a parody of themselves. Like it's meant to be. Um, they're they're typically meant to play it up as this unlikable character, right? There's an unlikableness to it. But the other way around, you know, you play somebody who who people want to cheer for. Anyways, it's a it's a I don't want to say it's a fine line. It's it's not so fine. It's a window that you play in. But um there are too many there I've seen too many com comics who especially starting out think that they're the shit and they'll come off stage and be like, "I've never bombed." And you're like, I don't know, man. What was that that just happened to you? Didn't look so good. Um, yeah. Some comics go up there and, and especially jokes that... Look, I think uh, the, the queer community definitely uh, deserves to, to stand proud and to big themselves up and to be like, yes, it's true, I am the shit. But I remember there was... There used to be an LGBT open mic that I would go to where it wasn't it didn't get laughs as much when somebody would go up and they'd be like hi everyone I'm I'm the most fuckable person in this room I'm so sexy and it's so it's so hard being so sexy and like you'll it's a supportive room, so everybody's going to want to be... It's it's the queer community, so they're like, Yeah, woo, get it, girl! But if somebody for 10 minutes, their whole act is, I'm so sexy and everybody wants to lay down with me, and, I, and I'm so smart and everybody's so stupid, then after 10 minutes, you're like, This person's insufferable. Get out, get out. Where's the funny? Uh, my hands are raw from clapping for you. And plus, if you're that confident... Why are you asking for our, for our approval so explicitly? You know what I mean? Not even hiding it. Anyways, this is... I'm a comedy coach. Look at this episode of me being a comedy coach. Damn. When people ask me for advice, I never presume to be able to bestow any advice on people. Especially when it comes to material. Like, your voice is your own and you'll find it with time and experience. And you need to take whatever advice I give you about tags and punchlines and material 
with a grain of salt. If it doesn't fit your voice, and if it doesn't fit into the bit, then you shouldn't have to adapt your voice to fit something that I think is funny that I project onto you, you know what I mean? So when people ask me for material advice, it's usually the most disappointing. I'm like, yeah, give it time. Keep chipping away. Uh, you know, if it's not working, set it aside. And then, I mean, give it a year and then come back after a year with fresh eyeballs and a fresh perspective and more experience, you know? Experience rules. Like Bill and I said, science rules. And then he, and then the cameras did cut and then they cut and then he's, and then he kind of whispered to himself, experience rules. He kind of did that. Um, that's a story I just made up, but that's, um, okay. It's okay to make up lore. That's a bit of Bill Nye, the science guy lore. Just him whispering to himself, experience rules. <laughs> you know what rules more than science? Experience. So if you were ever a Bill Nye fan, uh, when at his show, when he goes, science rules, don't you know, did you know that he under his breath, he was like, experience rules. Cause he thought experience ruled more than science, but he dare, he never dare say that loud enough that anybody could hear because that would ruin his brand. He's Bill Nye, the science guy, not Bill Nye, the experience guy. But he knows, if you ask him, there's a twinkle in his eye. When If you go up to Bill Nye, next time you go up to Bill Nye, and you ask him, hey, which rules more, science or experience? Watch his body language very closely, and watch the twinkle in his eye, watch the corners of his lips, as he says, well, I mean, science, of course. And then you'll see on his face, he won't try to hide it so much. There's a part of him that wants to scream experience rules. But he won't because he's Bill Nye the science guy, not Bill Nye the experience guy. And that's a bit of Bill Nye lore for you. Um, oh, talking of, speaking of confidence. Listen, guys, let me, let me get you in on a pet peeve here. Al Val wants to talk pet peeves. Algus, let's talk peevegus right now. Now, next is a segment called peevegus. Um, I won't name any names, but every once in a while, when I hit the road with a comic, um, this is, this is also confidence labeled. So, uh, if you so whenever I hit the road with a comic, um, confident driving is what this is about. If you are a driver and you have a passenger, the sooner and more often you talk about your driving abilities in the first ten minutes, the more your passenger decides how alert and how concerned and how nervous they should be around you. Those nerves are contagious. So if it's the if somebody climbs into your car and the first thing you do is comment on your driving one way or another, if you're like, oh, you know, I'm uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just going to apologize in advance. Like, I'm just a bit nervous behind the wheel sometimes. Or like long drives make me a little tired <laughs> or or I apologize in advance. I like to get where I'm going. I'm an aggressive driver. So just, you know. Sorry about that. The sooner you apologize. 
obviously, the more nervous I am. And then the more you say it in the first 10 minutes, the more exponentially nervous I get sitting in that passenger seat while you, while you check your blind spot 18 times to do a move that the other car is freely letting you in. If you're stopping, if you're slowing down at a green light, you know, fucking 20 yards ahead because you see that the walk sign has begun. If you guys still got 20 seconds, don't slow down. Anyways, I'm not, I'm usually, I, and I, while we're driving in my head, I will always, I will constantly check myself. I'll be like, well, you know, everybody's different. Some people have different levels of experience driving. It's all a confidence thing. Some people get better over time. Some people, you don't know what people's traumas are. Maybe this person like had a car accident or something and they're dealing with it. Um, so this is one of those things. It's just like the Woody Harrelson thing where you have intrusive thoughts. These are very natural to have intrusive thoughts, i.e., hey, I can't get a boner because this person reminds me of Woody Harrelson, or goddamn, I wish this person would drive with a little bit more confidence. I don't like that they're terrified of driving because it's more unsafe if you're if you're overvigilant and terrified of driving that it becomes unsafe. If you're so overly safe, it becomes unsafe because then you don't drive with confidence and conviction. You don't make decisions and follow through with them. That is my theory. Anyways, intrusive thoughts like, ew, Woody Harrelson and, oh, shitty driver. You got to combat them afterwards with, hey, maybe Woody Harrelson looked pretty in her prime, you know? Maybe trans Woody Harrelson could have pulled it off on the right hormones. Or uh, maybe this, just leave the driver alone. Think about something else. Let's calm down, Gis. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about the second thought. And God, I'm, I'm like, I'm finding so many connections here between thoughts. Because I also saw a tweet where uh, some pastor, you know what I mean? And I'm going to say it like that. And I'm going to say it like that again for you guys i'm gonna say it again and i'm gonna say again like again and so some fucking pastor somewhere was like um the i guess the original tweet was uh a fuck it was about teaching children about sin and how harmful it is how traumatizing it can be to kids to reprimand them for having intrusive thoughts, for reprimanding them for having like a sexual thought drop into their head. Like, are you stupid? They're on, they're fucking hormonal. They're 13 to 16 years old. Their, their hormones are fucking raging. Boys will get boners out of nowhere. What are they called again? When you get a boner out of nowhere? I want to get, I want to get this right. Give me one sec. Let me check. Okay, well, I guess there's no real term for it. There's just random erections. There's nocturnal penile tumescence. <laughs> That's really fun. Waking up to a random erection is particularly common. See, how? who are you to scold a fucking teen for waking up with an uncomfortable boner? Fuck you. Fuck you. Guilt and shame 
is so baked into religious DNA and it's so fucking harmful, man. Get that shit out of here. How can people still keep preaching that that garbage? Making you feel guilty for getting an erection in science class because your khakis rubbed up on you in a weird way. That's how random it was. Random boners happened all the fucking time when you were that age. Anyways, anyways. And you're not going to think that boner, I mean, you could try. When you're a teen, it's so hard to think that boner away. You get better at it as you get older. It gets a lot easier. But when you were a teen, dude, and you're, and you've got a big old fat little teen chub in your khakis <laughs> and your school uniform, it's bumping up against the bottom of the desk. You're just, you're, tr you're trying to, you're trying to, I don't know. You're just praying that it goes away. The worst was when you would get one like minutes before class ended and you knew you had to get up just praying the boner away. It's drumming up on the bottom and the teacher calls your name and you're and you're just shifting around in your chair you can't focus because all the blood is obviously in your in your tumescence in your penile tumescence <laughs> i love that word tumescence oh that's the best yes my calculations are correct i've uh, suffered a nocturnal penile tumescence <laughs> There we go. I brought it back to the beginning. That's a fucking beauty. That's a beaut callback, eh, bud? Some scientist. That's my new character. Love-making scientist. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he's, he rolls over at night. Wakes up his partner by accident by poking them with a boner. My apologies, it seems by my approximation, my nocturnal penile tumescence has uh, caused a disruption in your sleeping patterns and has awoken you from your slumber. <laughs> there we go, I nailed it. Didn't have to pause to think of words. I nailed that one. <clears throat> okay, anyways. Um, yeah, so back to that Twitter thread. God, I wish I, I could recall the specifics, but... I think somebody was calling out uh, religious shaming, you know what I mean, as as harmful. And this fucking pastor, you know what I mean, uh, commented underneath and he was like, he tried justifying why he does it. He kind of half agreed, but then followed it up with something just as bad, where it was like, how did it even, he was like, yeah, I agree. That, uh, oh yeah, he was like, I agree we shouldn't be shaming, uh, these kids. That's what they fucking are. Um, we shouldn't be shaming them for having these intrusive thoughts. The first thought, at least. But we should shame them for having the second thought. And people were like, what? No! You know what I mean? Get fucked, this guy. And uh, they had to turn the comments off. I mean, the original person was gracious in being like, I don't want to see a dog pile. And you know what? Good on her. I do agree. But I do need this man to recognize how harmful he's being to children to be like, your thoughts are evil. Did you know that? If you get a boner, you better watch out. Because I mean, the boner is, it's okay. But the next thing you think could decide whether you go to heaven or fucking hell for eternity. 
God, hell is such a shitty thing to teach kids. Fuck organized religion. Fuck it. Sorry if you are a fan of mine and religion. Maybe you can find it in your heart to be a fan of both. But I'm telling you, it's uh, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Secularism all the way, baby. It is so hot in this room. Uh, I've been doing this podcast with my tits out the whole time. So, you know, that pastor would really have a problem with me because my first thought was, oh, I'm hot, but I'm not wearing any clothes underneath. And then my second thought was, who cares? I'm in my house. Let's let's rock the tits out. Let's rock these tits. So I guess I'm going to hell because my second thought was less than pure. Fucking get out of here. Fucking pastor. Uh. <laughs> Why the fuck would you squirt? I just washed these sheets. Get out. That's funny. Funny joke I just read that I didn't. That wasn't me. <laughs> Anyways, um, all I'm saying is that when you're driving with a passenger, just... You're, you can have your intrusive thoughts, but let's, let's, uh, how about the second thought? Make it calm, okay? Just do your best. You know what your problem is? You're not confident enough. Have, you should have more confidence. There we go. I just solved it. You're welcome. If you are not a confident driver, then I just solved your problem. Hey, you know what you need? Confidence. You unconfident bitch. <laughs> Um, all right. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I should get out of here. I should have did a longer one for you guys. Um, because it's been a few weeks and I apologize for the sporadic nature of this. I'm contemplating putting my money down and turning these into videos and going full video style with podcast with podcasts. Still doing the audio, still putting out audio, but also doing a video portion. So if you're interested, you can, maybe that's, that'll be my Patreon. I always wondered what I would do for Patreon, a video version of Podgus. So you can watch me tell jokes and funnies plus an extra 15 minutes or so. Okay. Hey, thanks for the help with that idea. You guys, I always wondered what I would do for Patreon, you know? Cause I don't, there's something, uh, I don't know. I got to get over this. This is, I don't know what kind of weird communist way of thinking this is in my brain, but, uh, I'm like, you know, who am I to take some of my stuff and be like, no, you have to pay me to see it. But that's exactly why I'm in this fucking business. You know what ass backwards way of thinking, Algus? I have such ass backwards ways of thinking that really act against my favor. You know what I mean? Shit like that, that prevents me from going out and getting that paper, getting that cheese, just wanting to provide a, a good positive service to everyone for free. I don't mind if it's for free as long as people like me and everyone's happy, you know? But at a certain point, she's gotta look out for number one, you know what I'm saying? I gotta go tits out on this bitch. Anyways, um, no idea what I'm going to call this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You guys are the best. Hey, bitch, get confident, okay? Hey, bitch, you need confidence. Hey, bitch, get confident. That's what we're going to call it. There we go. Boom. Done. All right. Um, take it cheesy. And if it's cheesy, 
Don't be lactose intolerant. Um, yep, gonna end on that. Okay, bye. Bye.